When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, guys, and welcome to a Friday night special of The Last Word on Spurs. You can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this last word on Spurs, we'll be taking a look back at our win against Applewell in the Champions League. We'll be taking a host of questions for the panel and looking ahead to Stoke City either tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you listen to the show. So let's introduce the panel this evening. I am pleased to say first up, we've got a debut team with us. We've got Zoe Pearson on the show. Zoe, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Ricky. Thanks. Good, good. And we're delighted, Zoe, to finally get you on. It's, uh, it's been, a, been a long one, but we finally got you here. Yeah, good to be on, good to be on. Oh, brilliant. And joining Zoe tonight, we've got John Mannings back on the show. John, how are you? I'm really good, mate. Yeah, it was nice to uh, sit there and watch a game of football inside Wembley and be completely relaxed, no <laughs> stress. I really I really did enjoy that aspect of Wednesday and I'm looking forward to talking to you about it, mate. Oh, same here, John. And it's nice to actually talk about a win. It feels like it's been a while, but, you know, back to winning ways what we wanted. And finally last, but so not least, we've got Jason McGovern back on the show. Jace, how are you? Not too bad, mate. Back in London, landed uh, just before kickoff on Wednesday night, so uh, I've not seen anything really of the game. But delighted to be back to help save our season, as as we we haven't lo- we haven't lost we haven't lost when I've been in England, and we've haven't won when I've been in Thailand. So I thought I better come back save the season, mate. Oh, you're a league man. winners then, Jace. <laughs> eh? League winners then, yeah. League winners by Easter, I think, at this rate, mate. Oh, brilliant, <laughs> lovely. You've come at a good time, Jace. We always pick up in December, so perfect arrival for you. Let's start off with you tonight, Zoe, the debutant. So, a real confidence-boosting night for Spurs on Wednesday, which saw us complete our Champions League group in real style. Goal scorers Lorente, Sonnen and Kudu showing their worth on the evening. Zoe, what did you make of the game? I thought it was a, it was a, it was a good performance. It was a performance to get us back to winning ways and hopefully we'll breed a bit of confidence even though it wasn't necessarily the the first teamers that that had a run out uh, against Applewell but it's like John was saying it was a it's almost a stress-free relax yourself just watch almost, almost like a, a friendly feel mm. to the game I, I thought um 
it's good to see Llorente get off the score sheet and, and get his first goal for the club and also for Nkudu. And I think I, I think I tweeted out that um, I didn't think I'd be able to see either Llorente or Nkudu, Nkudu score, but to get them both on the, <laughs> on the same match was almost, was almost too unexpected. Really, it but, but good to see. Good to see. Yeah, very much so. John, let's be around to you. I mean, to finish top and take seventeen points—sorry, sixteen points—have a possible eighteen from a group including Real Madrid and Dortmund. I mean, John, I think both of us admittedly at the start when we saw the draw, we didn't think we could potentially do what we've done here. It, it's a fantastic achievement, is it, by Spurs? Mate, it, <clears throat> it really is. Yeah, when you, when you look at you look at it, you know we've got more points than any other club in the Champions League. You know what I mean? We got. Well, more than PSG, obviously more than Real Madrid, mm. more than Barcelona. We got 16 more than Arsenal, which was nice as well. So, yeah, the way we uh, the way we done our Champions League group, you know, compared to last year, where you look at last year's draw and you think we should be all right here, and then we just flopped it. To see the group this year, you know, being as strong as it was, you're really thinking, you know, you want six points from Apoel, and then you pick up anything other, you know, the odd point here and there from Madrid and Dortmund. But the way, you know, the players have. I don't know, I suppose you could say, again, it's one of them things where Poch has learnt season upon season. You know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, he's always had things aimed at him. You know, no plan B, so he, so he sorts that out. He's too stubborn, so he sorts that out. You know, all these other things. And we've done it again, you know what I mean? Compared to last year, it's been amazing and it's been some real like highlights in, in this Champions League group that I'll never, ever forget and some nights that I was a part of that I'll never forget as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been good, and it was a nice it was a nice way to finish off. Like I say, stress free. It was it makes a change, doesn't it, to watch Spurs and oh, it does. <laughs> not have your not have your your what's it parting for ninety minutes. <laughs> I completely agree with you, Jace. Let's bring it around to you. So fringe players really in the lights of Lorente and Kudu both getting goals as key men really got that night off. We saw Sanchez and Foyth also helping Spurs to a first clean sheet in six games. Of course, Jace bigger games test lie ahead. All about Stoke now tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to the show. But a good night overall, wasn't it, for Spurs on Wednesday? Well, I think that if if you'd have said to me, what, what do you most want to see tonight? It would have been 90 minutes from Lorente and, a, and at least one goal for him. So in that respect, it was perfect. And not only did he score, he, had, he combined, I think, with Son a couple of times on the brief highlights I saw. So his his performance was certainly good. And as, as Zoe said, it's, it's also nice that Nkudu got got his first goal and I think just some of those fringe players feel like they've made their first genuine contribution to Spurs and you know it, it may only be Applewell but it, it, it's to the benefit of everyone if they can start feeling like they finally made a contribution that, that meant something and, and that's all you can say about them. Yeah, that's very true. John, I want to bring it around to you for a second because, John, I know you're one of the avid ones here that you always kind of pay attention to what's happening with Spurs from a youth perspective from reserve level. Seeing Kazai Sterling come on, John, that must have been quite a nice moment for you because I know you look at you, you watch a lot of these youngsters coming through. I know you kind of had to wait a while to get on the field, but nice to see him introduce <laughs> yeah. John on the night. It was frustrating. He, he was ready. In the 79th minute, I know. he was ready. Yeah. And it took eight or nine minutes to get on the pitch and you just thought, ah, oh, the ball just would not go out of play. I did feel for him a little bit, but yeah, it was nice. It was, I, I was a bit, I would say disappointed because watching Moussa Dembele is always good, but if Luke Amos had come on as well and played in midfield, there weren't any, you know I mean? The game was only going one way. Vaughan didn't make one save. So, yeah, it was nice to see uh, Sterling get on the pitch, but it's just a shame it weren't for a little longer. No, that's very true. I mean, I think he had Amos on the bench as well. So, again, Pochettino, what he does, 
bringing through these youngsters. Fantastic to see. And it was the perfect evening, really. Like we've all said, a bit of a meaningless game. Opportunity for these players to really go out there and show what they're made of. And again, Sonny producing, as we've seen him do pretty much all season, has to now be, you'd think, a regular in this Spurs team. I want to come around to Zoe in a second, but Jace, I want to come over to you. Looking at the team, I mean, just to remind listeners out there, we had Lloris rested as Vaughan started in goal. We had Oria and Rose as the preferred fullbacks, while Nkudu, Foyth and Lorente were all given rare starts with a chance to impress Pochettino. Amos and Sterling, as we mentioned, both on the bench. Was you happy with that team, Jace, when you saw it? Well, I think we all knew that we would probably rotate some, didn't we? None of us probably wanted to see Kane. We all felt that... Jan's got to be given a bit of time off. I think Sanchez, with the suspensions we knew would play, fourth fourth coming in was the natural thing. So yeah, I think probably that was the the lineup that you can always argue one or two people. I think probably the the fullbacks is is probably the biggest argument there is at the moment. But you know, Sonny playing off Lorente was was the right thing to do, and yeah, you know, Applewell in a game that didn't matter, and I think it was just important to get get some genuine game time into the legs of one or two of those other players as well. So no no problem with that line-up at all, mate. Can I ask you, Jay, so we've got a couple of questions in about the fullbacks. Two I want to ask you. Bex at Bex underscore THFC says, with the Champions League done now till February, does Poch need to stop rotating the fullbacks and play his perceived strongest players? I think you've already mentioned it in the in the previous pod, correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me about what you think about that. And also Dave Ellis who says, do we want Aurea's pace but Trippier's delivery? I take Dave's one as the quickest thing. For me, the delivery is more important than the pace because mm. if teams are sitting so deep, you know, Aurier may well be quicker than Trippier, but unless you've got what I call express pace, you know, Mane, Salah, Sane type pace, you know, if you can't deliver that ball, it's no good. And, and all I'd say is I'll go back to, say, Aaron Lennon. Over years, we had Aaron Lennon who did have that express pace and constantly, time and time again, fans would say, he's got all that pace, but he doesn't deliver the ball. <laughs> So it's it's not a lot of use having that. So you've got to get the delivery right. But then, in fairness to to Aurier and such, you can only get the delivery right if part of that is down to the movement of players into the box. And I always feel that with Sonny on the pitch, you've at least got a second person attacking the ball in there rather than just Kane on itself. So, you know, that can help the delivery. And, and maybe part of Aurier's poor delivery in the past has been just a lack of options to really pick a pick a white shirt in the middle. And, and I think it was his ball into Aurier, wasn't it? And, and sorry, it was his ball into Lorente for that first goal. And if you put that with the, the ball into Kane and the ball into in, in Madrid, I mean, and then the, the cross for Lorente at Leicester, you know, he's starting now to pick out a bit of a delivery. So, you know, you need that to do. But for me, delivery is always better than the pace. Um, in terms of keeping with fullbacks, I think even though we're, you know, we we now concentrate on Premier League football. You've still got pretty much Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for a few months. So whilst I understand the question, and, and yes, in an ideal world for me, you would now find a pairing and, and settle on it. I still think you'll see quite a bit of rotation purely for the for the number of games. I mean, in Christmas, we've got, what, three and six days, haven't yeah, we? Indeed. Yeah, so, so you're definitely going to get some rotation in amongst that. And it may even be that the Wimbledon game, you'll see... Carl Walker-Peters get a start or something. But, yeah, I, I would like to see a settled pair in, in an ideal world and, and just run with that for four or five games. But whether that fixture list will allow it to happen, I'm not sure. Yeah, agreed. Zoe, let's bring it round to you. A potential insight into a very exciting centre-back part, well, centre partnership we saw 
on the Wednesday night in Sanchez and Foy. I mean, both such young players and so composed on the ball who love to play out from the back. What did you make of their performances? Because clean sheet, a first one in six, they looked pretty good together, didn't they? Yeah, I thought they I thought they looked that they that they complemented each other very well. I thought Sanchez in particular, I, I think obviously having the regular game time has, mm. has obviously helped the cause, but I think he looked particularly strong and it's almost it's almost gutting in a way that you know, we're sort of seeing what we're going to be missing in the in the Premier League squad with his with his absence, and as unfortunate as that is, but I thought they looked they looked really good together defensively. They weren't really they weren't really troubled. There was a, a little heart stopping moment I think when Foyth might played it out from the back a bit too much into the midfield, and you sort of there was like a little last minute scramble. But other than that, I mean, the fact that Vaughan didn't have to make a save shows that how well they performed on the night. I think um, I thought that. It almost it was almost irrelevant that there was no Alderweireld and and Vertonghen there, mm. which speaks volumes really of how of how Sanchez has settled so well into this into this side and in and his form in general since since coming pretty much from from Ajax has been has been pretty faultless up until now. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Zoe, we've got a question from Gould Bev who says, how good is Foyth? I mean, I want to ask you, how good do you think he can be? Do you think he can push himself into the first team or is it a case that there are quite a few in front of him? Is he have to kind of wait his chance patiently? I think Foyth is very much um, in like the Carter Vickers mould of, you know, there's, there's definitely potential there. I mean, that's obviously the reason why Pochettino brought him into the club to have him train with the likes of Alderweireld and Vertonghen to just sort of, you know, aid him in his development. I think, obviously, if you're in an ideal situation with all the centre-backs to fit, he obviously doesn't come anywhere near that that starting team, unfortunately for him. But I think, in general, for his age and for the performances he he's put in, he's done he's done well up until this point. I think I think that's all we can that's all we can judge him on at the moment. Yeah. Because we've not really seen much, much more of him to to determine how good he is or how good he can be. But there's certainly potential there. I I, I feel totally agree. Very early days, but it's great to see a, a fringe centre back pair. Well, I say a fringe, a, a pairing that has been put together before in Sanchez and Oria, like Sanchez and Foyth, keeping that clean sheet. Because you know previously when Spurs have tried to adjust the back line, it hasn't always worked out for the best. So it's great to see Spurs being able to do that. Um, I want to come round to you next, John. There's been, listen, we've had some real fun on this show with cucumber sandwiches and stuff about Lorente. Um, how good was it, John, to see him finally get off the mark in a Tottenham shirt on Wednesday night? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, had to find no, the cucumbers, I hope you don't mind, John. <laughs> I had to do it. Oh, he's, he's finally become a culinary genius, mate. He's sorted, <laughs> he sorted out all his kitchen issues. Oh, dear. And he's, he's, he's up and away now. No, he, he played well. I thought mm. he was good. He was, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. Mm. And you've got to play to his strengths. And I think, you know, that that first goal after 20 minutes was perfect. Beauty, wasn't you know, it, John? The control. Yeah, it was decent. It was decent. The way he spun and put it away with his left foot was, was really good. The, the only, my only one slight gripe mm. with Laurenti's performance was he had a chance, a really good chance, didn't he, Zoe? Second half where mm. the ball spun up and he sort of spun around and tried scissor yeah, kicking it in and completely yeah. missed it. Mm. And you go, you don't know. How, I mean, he's an experienced player and all that, but you don't know how much of his confidence that might have undone mm. that miss because it was a glaring miss, in my opinion. You know what I mean? So, other than that, I thought he was pretty much perfect for the, the situation and the the opposition. You know, we knew they weren't going to be up to much, but 
you know, you played the, you played a game in front of you. You played, you know, your direct opponent, and he, he kept the centre halves busy. But the, I think the best thing it weren't even his goal. The best thing was that wonderful layoff for Son's goal. Oh, it was wasn't it? What a brilliant! He, layoff. He, yeah. he made himself available. He, he's give you know kept the centre half at arm's length, sh- laid the ball, shielded the the defender with his own body, and opened that angle up for Son. And how many times have we seen Son do that? You know what I mean? It was perfect, and that that performance from Lorente was good. And I'm I, I, I'm hoping he starts to have more of a, a part to play now. Fingers crossed. You got to hope yeah. so. I mean, John, we we saw Pochettino deploy the same tactic in Madrid. And the question I'm going to ask you: Dave Villas asks again, can Lorente play up front with Kane? Is that an option for Poch in the season? Can you see that being an option that we go for? I absolutely can, and I, I, I tell you, I tell you why I'm convinced mm. it will happen. Because against Watford, they gave Trippier the freedom of Vicarage Road. Every time Trippier was available, with 20 yards of space before, you know, in front and behind him. Now, what that, what I was thinking at half time, he got in such good positions every single time, and I'm thinking, right, half an hour to go. If we still haven't scored a, a second goal, Lorente comes on. That we've then got two up front against their three like giant centre halves. You know that. Daniel Prodel was all over Harry Kane mm, like a bash and the other oh, two God. were mopping up, right? Yeah. Obviously, the red card puts paid to any of that. But I've, I seriously think if Sanchez didn't get sent off when he did, we would have seen two up front for at least half an hour. And I'm telling you, it would have worked because they've either got to go right. We've got to get tighter to Trippier, who's delivered... He probably put in about eight to ten crosses that day. And if there's two big lads to aim at, you never know. So if he, if Lorente comes on, they've got to get tighter to Trippier to cut out the the possibility of a cross, which mean which leaves more space in the box, or they just they think right, well we've got we've got three against two, we'll chance our luck, and it's just a shame that we never got to see it that day. Yeah, but it's definitely coming. There'll be times, maybe even against Stoke, maybe against Brighton. You know that them kind of teams are going to sit there, they're going to dig in, mm-hmm. and if they play the same sort of narrow formation and force us wide which is what Watford did really well to be fair to them they forced us wide every time and we just didn't have enough players in that team who can head a ball that's true <laughs> you know what I mean like I know that sounds a bit basic no, but no, what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. you're not Ericsson's not going to burst into the box and nut one in from the penalty spot <laughs> nor's Ali nor's although Son scored that that day and it was one of them times where we did break slightly more central and Ericsson put that lovely ball across for him if that is an option, it will definitely take it up and it will, it will work. And Lorente is good enough to make it work. And Kane and Lorente are both intelligent enough footballers to deal with being in a, in a partnership. I've seen no reason why it won't work and I'm pretty sure it'll happen soon because, again, you know, the defensive worries. Like I said before, we've got a player back four at the moment, which means there's room for an extra attacking player. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if against Stoke, against Brighton, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens and it'd be lovely to see it work. Yeah, I mean, that's, I completely agree with you, John. I think throughout the season, different options, different styles, it's great to have it. I think they, I think they can put it together. I mean, Jace, I want to come back around to you on that first goal because, you know, people may forget Winks' brilliant pass out to Aurea in the build-up and, and his cross was superb. And we've seen Aurea do it a couple of times now, Jace, put decent balls into the box and, you know, they're coming off eventually. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's the improvement we wanted to see from him, as as well as the the temperamental side and and a little bit less uh, rashness, you know, for for all his pace, we weren't seeing a great deal of of delivery into the box. And you know, the interesting thing I think with with both the the first goal and Sonny's goal, 
we keep thinking that you've got to play the ball into Lorente's head, but neither of those balls went into his head at no. all. It's 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 like I say, it's about him getting his movement right and getting into that right space in the penalty area and, and attacking balls and things like that, which the early part of the season we were kind of stuck between the thing of do we cross it into his head or not? But if if he's pretty static and not moving, then then that makes the even the delivery into his head difficult. But it was good to see him actually produced two goals from from the feet rather than the ball delivered into his head but no it was a was a really well worked goal as you say winks his ball out there wasn't just the wasn't just the length of the pass it was the pace that he really pinged that ball out at wasn't it and and Aurier just had to make sure he got the delivery right from there but it was a really good well worked goal all around yeah. and you know the that first touch of Lorente's for that first goal was excellent with that you know the way he controlled it with the back of the heel and just just you know, set himself up for the turn. A really well-worked goal. Classy goal. Was, was, didn't look a finish from a guy that was low on confidence. And Zoe, coming round to you, can this be the start of something now for Lorente? Do you think it's a case of where we're going to have to maybe give him a bit more game time? Because I know it sounds mad. That was only his fourth appearance in a Spurs shirt from the, from the start. So from that perspective, do you think we have to be a bit more patient with players? Because we've seen how hard it is to bring in a, a second striker with Kane. Because how good Kane is... We've, you know, we've seen with Janssen, you know, we've seen with previous strikers, you know, with Saldados, you know, Spurs struggle to bring other strikers in where there's Kane there. And obviously Janssen as well. What what do you think we can do? Do you think that there is a long-term path for Lorente in terms of goals for Spurs? I think it's dependent upon, obviously, the amount of game time he gets. You know, we always knew that he was going to start against Applewell. There was no sort of debating that. And I think it's like... You were saying, you know, the point you're making about the the way that I see that Lorente getting into this this squad is is definitely alongside Harry rather than instead of right. you know such with no you no know, with no injuries or anything like that. You know, he his ability to to string the ball, take it from Ericsson, maybe from the midfield, and just even just to play that one two with Kane just to free up the, the space like like John was saying in, in the box. And again, I think. It's, it's it's dependent hugely on his confidence. He's never going to be by getting the occasional, you know, fifteen minutes here, twenty minutes there. He's never going to build himself up to that level of, you know, getting on to the pitch and 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 feeling that he's uh, a hat trick, you know, in the back of the net. It's just it's just never going to happen like that. So I think the only way to for Lorente to be successful at the club is to integrate him. As a as a hacker in in this in this Tottenham team, yeah, I, I think that's the only way around it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, Kane's a mainstay. So Jace, go over to you. I think the only thing of thinking of of Kane and Lorente together, for me, I, I'll go back to my one of my favourite players. Where does that leave Son in the side? Because mm. I can't see it being Son, Lorente, and Kane. And so then, for me, the, the thing is, as well as Lorente will play, is will he score more goals than Son? In that case. And, and that can be your problem because Son will give you that movement in and around the penalty area as well. So I'm, I'm certainly not saying you should never see Kane and Lorente, but I can't see where Sonny fits in. And it always feels to me that Sonny plays the full guy who, even if he does put in a performance and score, and again, he scores an excellent goal, we'd think, OK, let, let's say we went Lorente, Stoke, uh, Lorente, Kane against Stoke. Again, it'll be Son that misses out. Mm-hmm. And I think, why, why do we want to leave a player missing can't. out that's scoring goals. Well, you, I, I that, think you that's can't, the thing. You can't, at the moment, you have to say, Sonny has to stay in this team. Even if it means I've said yeah. before, 
even if it means dropping mm. a few more of the more established names, you know, the likes of Ericsson, Delhi. listen, don't get me wrong, I want these guys in the team as well, but there is no way at the moment you can leave Son out in the form he's in, Kane's the only one scoring apart from him. So how can you justify leaving Sonny out? It's impossible. I mean, John, it's an interesting segue there now into Sonny's goal from Wednesday's night. Um, what a finish and great little intricate play there with Lorente as well. It was great to see that bit of build-up playing at first half, John. Yeah, it was. It was It was a, a time in the game where it was all one-way traffic and it, you knew that the second goal was coming. And it was just that little bit of magic. And, you know, Son's got... You know what I love most about Son is he's... You can't really tell which is his strongest foot. That's true. You know, the amount of goals that he pings in with that left peg is unbelievable. We've done it from pretty much the same place against Crystal Palace, didn't he? You know, left foot into that far corner. And it was a, it was, it was a lovely goal. I think it's all three of the goals impressed me. Mm. All for different reasons. But in Kudu, I like that, you know, the fact that he had the confidence to, to, to take people on. You know, because we do miss that kind of player. Yeah. You know, Son with his just, he's deadly finishing. He always seems to be there and always manages to, to ping one away. And yeah, Lorente is just because it was his first and it was a good turn in that. But one thing I, I wanted to shout out to Michel Vaughan, actually, if you don't mind. No, go for first it. ever Champions League game, 34 years of age, first ever Champions oh. League game. Such a model professional. Yeah. I think he's uh, he's unlucky to not be playing week in, week out somewhere else because I think he could. I think he would be, John, was, John. I think if it's anyone yeah. else under the maybe you say, um, you know, apart from the top eight, you'd say he'd probably be a first teamer, wouldn't you say, John? Yeah, I think so. And the fact that he just gets on with it, I really like that about him. And you know, he's he's not like he comes in and you know, like beginning of the last season when he come on first game of the season against Everton, he was he was superb. The next week against Liverpool, where he made that unbelievable save with his foot, mm. he never seems to let us down. I know he's no. had the odd moment. I remember Leicester in the cup two or three years ago, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? With that that team and that squad, like Vaughan himself said, to make that many changes in the Champions League and still beat a team three yeah. 0 mm. You know what I mean? It was just it's such a nice. I can't even say it was anything other than just a nice night. I had a good night out. I met Vaz Coney as well, by the way. Top Big man. up Vaz, nice to meet you. <laughs> and uh, he's a. Uh, it was just a good night, and it was everyone played their part. All the players did, even the ones that come on. Even Sterling ever so briefly got a nice big cheer. And I found out since Wednesday night as well that Cypriots are just a little bit mental. <laughs> just but, a little bit. Yeah. Just mate, yeah. No, they were good as gold to be fair, but mm. they're a little bit a little bit crazy. My but, partner you know, I, my partner's ones, I better keep quiet too much. In case she's <laughs> listening in, hopefully she's not. Um uh, John, got... Angel Angel will forgive you. You're right. <laughs> John, I've got to <laughs> ask you. Uh, Mohammed Surti at Mohammed Surti says, Were you happy with the time given to Kazia Sterling? Bearing in mind it was relatively a meaningless game. And also thoughts on Marcus Edwards. It's an interesting subject. Let's bring it in now because I think a lot of people are kind of thinking, you know, this guy, Edwards, we hear so much about him, what he's doing in the reserves, what he's doing in the under, you know, nineteens, twenties. Why is he not involved? John, I mean Edwards, you're a massive fan of him. Why do you think we haven't seen him as much as what we should be at the moment? I can give you the short answer okay. in terms of yesterday. Mm. <coughs> Perfectly, uh, purely and simply, Rick, mm. the 19s needed him yesterday. Right. We got through the group and he was an influ- He missed a penalty, but he was an influential part of, of a massive win and one that sees the kids through to the next round of the Champions League as well. Okay. And it was one of those where... It's happened before where you get like um, an England player. Oh, he deserves to be called up to the seniors, whatever. But there's an important game coming up for the 21s. Right, okay. And that player stays with the 21s for one more game. That, I think that is what happened yesterday. Because if you take Edwards out of that team, the 19th team, they might still have beaten Applewell's kids. They probably would have done. 
But what's the point in risking it? I wouldn't have done. Okay. For not for not, not for ten minutes for the first team, it wouldn't have been worth it. No, and if, you, if you're not going to start him at Wembley, then don't bother because you got you know there was other players, more senior players, that are in desperate need of first team minutes. And he, he with the nineteens needed him. I think it's as simple as that, really. And as far as Sterling, you know, like we said earlier, the ball just wouldn't go out of play for him. <laughs> the whole crowd yeah, wasn't gave a massive cheer when yeah, he finally got on. It was, yeah. No, but Ed, Ed, Edwards will get there. Edwards will get there. He's class. He's class. But mm-hmm. yesterday he was he was needed um, at Hotspur Way in the afternoon with the young uns. That's all it was. There you go. John putting our fears to rest. Zoe, have you got any thoughts on Marcus Edwards? Because the guy has a massive clamour out for him on social media. Everyone can't wait to see him. I say promoted or give, being given a first team spot for Spurs. I think we saw him last time out. I think he played briefly. Correct me wrong. I think it's Gillingham in the cup. Um, last season, but apart from that, it's been we haven't really heard, heard much of him. Zoe, are you excited to see him in a Spurs shirt at some point? I mean, as a fan, you hear you hear his name mentioned, and uh, you know that John's got that insight of the of the youngsters, and it's great to hear that he's progressing as 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 he should be in that. And that's what that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that the youngsters are 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 hitting that certain level where we're almost there's, we're, it's wetting our appetite to see them in that the, the first team or, or certainly on on the bench. I just think, I think Poch is is, is right in, in his approach in terms of being careful with the youngsters and and not necessarily giving them too much too soon because I think he has to look after their well being first and foremost as as the manager and uh, and I think Edwards as, as talented and as 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 a, as a wonderful player as he looks I think it's good to keep him almost wanting more at this stage mm. to to get the best out of him. In, in the quickest amount of time so that eventually when he does break into that into that team or you know, into the into the first team or you know we, we see glimpses of him he's almost setting his own standard yeah if you see what I'm, if you no, see I, what I'm saying I agree I agree completely um, he's, he's 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 definitely a talent from from what I've from what I've seen of him and I, I, I'd like to say as well with on if I may about Sterling about yeah, Kasai Sterling mm. it was fantastic to see to see him because he's he's one of these the people it's, it's almost like the next Harry Kane you're looking into the reserves of who is going to step up with the goals for for future Tottenham and you look at Sterling and he seems to he, he certainly knows where the where the net is from what I've seen of him in the in the in the in the under 21s and, and in the, the young, young matches and I, I just think, good for him to 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 take his chance and and and, and represent Tottenham of the future. That's what we want to see as fans. That's what it's all about. It's all about bringing these youngsters through. And Jace, I mean, any thoughts there on on Marcus Edwards on the subject? Well, I feel that I mean, I've never seen the boy play live in person. I've seen mm. I've seen clips and I've seen the uh, Champions League games that we've played this year and things, but. You know, I don't know how well he he um, handled himself in those checker trade trophy games. I think mm. wasn't there one game where he didn't make the squad? Was it for the Barnsley game that we had them? Wasn't at all, he was didn't it? make the squad mm. for the for the Barnsley game, and apparently was uh, was very unimpressive in the. I think it was a checker trade trophy around that time where he just, you know, almost as if he had a strop. But I think the mental side is is the big thing for him. It will be really interesting. I think the key thing. To see if he um, if he will do anything this year will be that Wimbledon Cup tie, 
and you know if he's not on the bench well, at least for that Wimbledon to, Cup tie, yeah. mm-hmm. then I think then I think you could say he's going to really struggle to break through to have any game time this year. And you know what, what he's got to look at is is look at Amos, look at Oakley Booth, look at Sterling, and see why they have gone up. And therefore, if it is if it is an attitude thing, or it is a mentality thing, or it is a a thing where he's you know he just has to realise the game doesn't revolve around himself. Then, then that penny's got to drop quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be a wasted talent, which is why I've compared him in the past to Adil Tarabd. Hmm. A player that's pretty much got it all there, Jace, but just needs to make... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when, when yeah. you see the YouTube clips and you see <laughs> highlights, right. I mean, oh, yeah. you're talking about an, an extremely talented... You're not, I mean, any any footballer at a club like Tottenham has, has got talent, but you're looking at extreme talent in him. But, but we know with Pochettino, extreme talent is not enough. And, and it's got to be... Do you do the work off the ball? Do, mm. You know, are you a team player? And if you're not, then that extreme talent's not going to get you anywhere. And and not just won't it get you anywhere at Tottenham? It won't get you anywhere at any of those top six or seven clubs. Well, I've got to say, Jace, on that, he made a point, Pochettino, where he said he compared him to Messi in a way to kind of boost the player. But he then said he regret, maybe regretful about making that statement. Do you think he's just maybe trying to find ways to kind of get the boy? ready in such a way that he's, he's mentally prepared to kind of cope with first team because you know he's only this week come out and actually said knowing kudu now he feels he's ready for you know to actually compete for a first team place do you think again with edwards he's trying to test his, his mental side of the game because i think like i you think said so there, it's a whole thing is it? it's, a, it's a package not just one element of it all yeah i mean i get the impression he wants you know the answers have got to come from edwards the opportunity's there mm. but and you know it won't just be Pochettino. it will be the john mcdermott's it will be your scott parkers and, and people like that behind the scenes that will be saying the boy is ready i mean we know from from when alistair gold's been on mm. that often he's not even involved in first team training whereas the sterlings and oakley booze have been mm. and so there, there clearly is a there clearly is doubts about him and I can't believe any of the doubts are about his ability. So, it, you know, he's just got to mature and realise that there's a lot more to being a footballer than just extreme talent. Agree. Before we bring it on to Nkudu, Jace, I've got to throw a stat out there I think you're going to like. Sonny, since May 2016, 71 appearances, 51 starts, 29 goals, 9 assists. How can we possibly, Jace, even think about leaving him out of the team at the moment? <laughs> Was that 29 goals for 51 starts? Yeah. And, and, and some people, how can you even think about leaving him out, Jace? Well, well, I can't think no. about leaving him out, Rick, mm. and, and it, yeah. it it highlights what I say about the, the people that say, "Oh, he's an impact player from the bench." Twenty-nine goals and fifty-one starts. Why do you want to start him on the bench? Yeah. Why do you want him on for twenty minutes, not ninety minutes? Mm. Got an him in the team moment. Really, <coughs> sorry, what a player. Um, Let's bring it round to you, John. So, in Kudu, then. We've been waiting for this guy to arrive, John. It's such a long time, bless him. But you have, you had to feel, John, going into this game with Lamella now kind of working his way back to full fitness and with the January window looming over us. This is one of the very few last opportunities in Kudu had on offer to really take and prove his worth to the squad. Did he do enough, John, in that appearance on Wednesday to kind of make you think, do you know what, this guy may very well have a future at Spurs? Yeah, I, think, I, I certainly think he has. I think, you know, purely down to the fact that he's very different to any other player that we've got in that, you know, that part of the pitch. I think you're talking, you know, Jace mentioned earlier, express pace. Well, well this lad has got express pace. Mm. And we saw, or although his, his shot was deflected, it was still on target. And maybe, you know, that's a bit of end product being being shown by Nkudu now. And I think that he, he looked lively. He was always in the game. I mean, he worked hard. I, I, I was impressed with him, I think. The hardest thing in this situation is to keep a sense of perspective when you're looking at the opposition. 
No, it's the same as Edwards. What you were saying about Marcus Edwards. He looks good when he's playing against other 19-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. The test is going to be when he's not playing against 19-year-olds anymore. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the England under-17s are not going to win the Senior World Cup anytime soon because they'll start playing against men soon and it's a different story then. But Nkudu, done, he done well. I think that, you know, I'd be... He could feel aggrieved if he doesn't make the bench against Stoke and, and Brighton and doesn't, you know, get any game time. But again, that depends on what's going on on the pitch and whether there's an opportunity to bring him on. But he's certainly done his chances, no harm. That's what I would say. Okay, fair enough. Zoe, let's throw you a question. This is from Hotspur Lane at Hotspur Lane. He's going to be on the podcast soon. I hope you are well. Um, he says, does Nkudu have what it takes to elevate his game to another level or have we seen the best of him in a Spur shirt? What do you think, Zoe? Oh, I mean, it's such a it's such a mm. difficult question to answer. It you is. know, have we seen the best of him? I mean, we've we've hardly we've hardly, hardly really hardly seen, seen him. him. <laughs> we've hardly seen him yeah. at all. So to to make a judgment on 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 his potential ability, I mean, he took the goal well. It's like like you know, he was saying that it was a deflection, but you know, ultimately he had to have the aggression to find himself in that in that position in, in order to take the, the shot on at goal. And he had the confidence to at least try it. So that, to me, shows that despite the lack of match, the matches that we've seen of him and despite the lack of appearances in the club, that he, there's a there's some sort of inner belief there that actually I could, given the opportunity Make a difference for for Tottenham, and I, I think as fans, that's what that's all we can ask of mm. Inkuja. There's not an awful lot we can do. We don't pick the team; we just have to support whatever Pochettino decides at, at any given time. But it's the signs the signs of after the Applewell game for his for his own thought process and for his own position in the in the team. I think is is good. Whether whether that means that we see more of him after that. Who, who knows? Pochettino only really has those answers. But you, you'll be interested to see in January whether he stays or goes, stays, or whether mm-hmm. he ends up with a move away, maybe for six months, or you know, even a, a permanent move elsewhere, like a, what happened to to Clinton and G. Because I, I, I don't want to sort of compare the two players <laughs> like that, but mm-hmm. but you, you almost can't help it, no, you, you know, can't. coming from the French league, they were sort of a, a transfer window apart, weren't they? Yeah. And G and Kudu and even even the similar sounding names. You look at I agree. It, it, it almost it almost it almost mm. seems like that. Yeah. And uh, you look at where Clinton is now, and, and unfortunately for him, it, it didn't work out at, at Tottenham. And you always hope for any signing that that it works out, and and eventually he comes good. And that's all we can hope for is is that eventually he will come good and we'll see this other side to, to Nkudu and he'll force his way into the side but uh, nobody really knows that at, at, the, at the moment but he had a great game the other night and great to see him get his first goal but you know that's there's a glass ceiling for him mm. and it's up to him to, to smash his way through it I agree uh, I think Rick just, just on that yeah, I think always with yeah. a player like that mm. I think you know it's, it's alright to say you want to see more of them but there's always a thing of well, to, to get him in the team, who's missing out? So when we play yeah. with a back three, the width comes from your wing backs. Mm. Then where does Nkudu fit into that system completely? And so if you go four two three one in a big game and you pick Nkudu, then you're leaving either Ericsson, Ali or Son out for him. And we've just talked about Son and we know how, 
how many goals Ali will normally contribute. And we know the number of assists Ericsson, if they're on form, will contribute. So it's going to be a hell of a brave decision to say, right, I'm going to go with, with Nkudu today and I'm leaving Deli Ali out. And, you know, if you're the manager, you're always going to go with your tried and trusted at first. And so, you know, until he can... He just has to make the most of the limited chances he gets. And maybe maybe he did that Wednesday, but and maybe Wimbledon will be his next chance to, to get 90 minutes. But he's got to really impress in those games to force his way. And, you know, you, you can't just be given a place just because you haven't played much. Just be given one. You, you've got to earn yeah. it. And the yeah. players in front of him have done a lot more to deserve their place than he's done. That's that's the easy thing. Well, tell you what, Chase, here's a question for you. Wayne McGarry asked, do you think Lorente Foyth Kudu and the others should be getting more game time so that they are sharper when called upon late in games. It wouldn't hurt to start them on current form players who start. I think the point he's trying to make there is the likes of, obviously, at the moment, maybe the likes of Delhi, Christian Eriksen that aren't on form. Is there a case where maybe some of these fringe players should be given the start? Or, you know, you made a great point. You go with the trial and tested. They've done it before. Some of these guys, you know, you have to work their way back into form, don't you? You have to play them in order to get into back into form. Do you see my point? Yeah, exactly. And, <clears throat> and you know, let, let's be fair about it. If we're turning to to Unkudu with 15 minutes to go, it's because yeah. probably we're desperate for a result. Yeah. And then it's as simple as that. And if you're desperate for a result, and, and we're, let's be fair, we've only, it's only in the last couple of weeks we've got Sonny into the team. Yes. So if you're desperate for a result and you look at the bench and Son's there or Unkudu's there and there's 15 minutes to go, which one you're bringing on? It, it, it's as simple as that. You know, we'd like them to... Obviously, it, we said that with Lorente. They do need game time. But those players have got to impress when, even if they only get five minutes, they've got to impress. Because, let's be fair, Harry Wink started only getting five or ten minutes. But he, he made sure he did in those five or ten minutes what he needed to do to make sure he continued to get involvement. And and that's how those players, and Harry Kane did that in, in, in early in Pochettino's reign. Coming on for a few minutes here and there, getting a Europa League game and grabbing the chance. And that's what they've got to do. And when Nkudu and people like that did have their chance last year in a cup tie against Aston Villa and Wickham's and things like that, they just simply didn't do enough to grab it. And so, you know, it's very difficult for Pochettino, as I say, to put their position above people in the team that deserve it more than they do. Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's bring on to a different subject. And this one is always an interesting one because it's a regular theme in the last few weeks. And that's Mr. Danny Rose. So, John, coming back round to you... Um, Danny Rose on the Wednesday evening, he was coming off for Carl Walker-Peters where he appeared to exchange some form of words with Pochettino and walked down the tunnel. It's fair to say Twitter, John, pretty much made up their verdict straight away that there was some massive bust-up that took place, which was then quickly refuted by both Pochettino and Rose. John, is it a case of sometimes, as Spurs fans, we blow out proportion ourselves before we even know what's going on? Massively. That, mm. is, that is massively what happened. Yeah. From where I was sat, I, I, this, this is what I saw, right? Yeah. First of all, mm. I thought, oh, blimey, he might end up with a red card. He got a yellow one. <laughs> and as he was coming off, I could see that he was bleeding. Right. So, Walker-Peters had already been warming up. Potch has had a look at Rose. The the physio's having a look at him as well. And they've they, they've obviously decided that he should, you know, just come off because he's bleeding. Now, if it was that much of a a gash that he needed stitching, which might have took, say, 10 minutes. There was only, what, 20 minutes to go anyway. So just take him off. Now, the way Rose walked down the tunnel, it did look like, you know, it did give an impression of a man who had the ump. Yeah. But 
I'm putting that down to the fact that he wants to be on the pitch and he wants to stay on. It's not due to any argument or anything like that because it clearly wasn't. You know what I mean? And Pochettino's had a good look at him. And the way you come out after and come onto the pitch, deal with his blue glove on, I thought was brilliant. Because I think that, for me, <clears throat> that completely put it to bed then. If, if he didn't re-emerge and didn't come back to the bench and come on the pitch at the end, then, it, you know... Yeah, it almost creates it a been... hype, doesn't it? That's the thing. It creates a hype and there's yeah. no need to... Yeah, of course it does. You know what I mean? It, mm. it, as it was, there was more knee-jerking and Strictly come dancing. And it's, what's the point? <laughs> well, exactly. Listen... Rose created the issue himself. We know that back in the summer. It's no worth going over it again. But, I mean, I've got to ask you, Zoe, a question here from Paxton at Pat Bostow. I think it's a cracking question. He says, is the reaction to Rose's behaviour whilst being substituted the clearest indication yet that some fans, journalists, pundits and commentators are just desperate to see any drama in any situation before they actually know what's going on? I think it's like John was saying. Yeah, I think it is the massive knee-jerk reaction. Mm. You know, you see what happened with, with, with Danny and albeit he hasn't helped himself no. in, in what he's done in, in the summer. And so you're, they're all pressed particularly or automatically going to be looking for a story, whether or not it's there is, is, is almost immaterial really. Mm. Um, I just think his body language, it doesn't, it doesn't give a very lot of confidence with fans. You know, he, he doesn't, He's not enthusiastic as, say, you know, the likes of your, your Winks and your Canes are about the, the, the side at the moment. Mm. And, and you almost, they're almost sort of waiting with bated breath for the anticipation that maybe, you know, he's, you're just waiting for that story that he's, you know, handing in a transfer request. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's just the way that it's panned out with him at, at the moment. I think frustration on his part, on the fans' part, it's it's almost a toxic mix, really. That mm. you you some fans are are easy I to so. forget. I, mean, I think some fans are so pro Danny, others are are not so. They're, so when you put the two together, yeah. it's it's never going to be like a fair balance. I mean, Jace, I want to come around to you. I want to read you out something, Jace, before you react. He says this is Potter, uh, this is Danny Rose after the game being interviewed. He says this is getting silly now. The manager said it was best I came off and I didn't want to come off. That was it. I've seen already that people are saying we exchange words. There is no issue between me and the manager. There has never been an issue and never will be. People trying to put stuff in the media is not welcomed. Does he have a bit of a cheek to say that, Jace, about you know people putting stuff in the media when really he started this whole thing himself in the summer? I mean, you can't have it both ways, can you? He can't pick and choose when he wants to manage the media. Well, the, the rights and wrongs of what he said, we'll forget about. But mm. you're exactly right. Yeah. It's, you know, if, if Eric Dyer goes off on, or, all right, Eric Dyer wasn't on there, but pick one of the other players. If Harry Winks goes off, for instance, or Lorente goes off, nobody's really looking for their reaction. The only reason they're looking for Danny Rose's reaction is because of what he did in the summer. Mm. And so everything he does, he has to accept, is going to be more scrutinised because it's him. And the only person person to blame for that is him it's a simply he may not like it but because of what he did that's the natural reaction that's going to happen now I've been really strong in my criticism of of Danny Rose I think any regular listener will say that there's no bigger critic of Danny Rose but as I say I, I had to listen to the game going home via radio and they instantly said Danny Rose is going off with a cut so when I when I checked Twitter, you know, at the end of the game, I, I couldn't even understand what all the, <laughs> yeah, what the, the f- problem was about him going off. Because, and I thought, well, and, and, and I think I tweeted that yesterday, even as his biggest critic, it did appear to be a complete 
no nonsense story of a bloke just going off to be to be treated, and, and he would be upset about having to go off because he knows he needs game time. So, but as I say, he he will get a lot of unfair unfair coverage and things like that. But he has to understand that if you put yourself out there and do what he did, then then people will always look for the story. I agree. I don't think there's much more to say about Danny Rose. I think we take up too much time on these shows every week on Danny. Listen, all we want to see is Danny back in a Spurs shirt, like, like he's doing now, playing well to his best ability and having a great impact on games. That's what we want to see as Spurs fans. I don't think anyone... Like I say, if he comes back and plays well, there'll be no other Spurs fan more than happy than I will. And like I say, I'm sure it's the rest of these guys on there. We all want to see Danny Rose playing well for Tottenham. That, that is the main thing. What Rose did say after the game is that Pochettino wants Spurs to face a European giant in the chat. Champions League last 16. Now, um, question in from... I'm going to find the question. Who says, can we go over the teams? It's from Z-Man at Spurs Dog 1, a regular listener. Z-Man, I hope you're well. Yes, we can go over the last play... Well, the last opponents to come in these uh, Champions League games. Let's round up who we're going to potentially be facing on Monday's draw. Let's come around to you, John. Basel, Bayern, Juventus, Seville, Shakhtar, Porto. Want to read those out to you, John? Which one takes your fancy ahead of Monday's draw? There's two. Go on. Bayern, Bayern Munich and Juventus are the two mm. that I would really love because, yeah. you know, it, it happened when it happened in 2010 and, and we flew through that group again with the holders, the current holders in there. It was all about the experience and all about the, you know, from my point of view as a fan, it, it's, it's really, it's fantastic to see us, you know, playing against Dortmund and Real Madrid and, potentially Juventus, Bayern Munich, etc. Because, you know, we went through in 2010, we get AC Milan. They've won it seven times, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And we've done them. I'm not, and it, I think what happens is you have the expectation on a realistic level of we're probably not going to win the Champions League. So then it comes down to, right, well, I want to see us play, you know, the best teams we can possibly play to see how we get on, really. You know, I'm not one of these people that goes... You know, my eldest son, for example, he was excited about the draw because he'd get to see Ronaldo play. I weren't worried about that. I just wanted to see how, how, <laughs> well, how Spurs yeah. get on. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. you know, you know, like you know, we've all said before, like when you're when you're playing against FC Sheriff and Tromso and <laughs> people like this, it's, yes, it's European football, and yes, it does give the young players a chance, which Potts can't really do in the Champions League, obviously, apart from if we've already got through a group. But it tests the squad. It tests how far the club have come, and it and it's like, it's they're great nights as a fan. No, I would much rather, you know, that Real Madrid game I'll never forget. The Dortmund game is right up there as well. So if we, if we're not going to win the Champions League, you might as well, you know, see what you can do against the very best. And I think for me, Bayern Munich or Juventus would be uh, the the dream draw. And okay. if I could just say one more thing yeah, about please, Danny Rose, please. I didn't want to interrupt you earlier. No, that's fine. Go for it. I think all all I want to say <clears throat> is after his comments after about it being silly and the media should just leave it, is mm. I think all we've learned about Danny Rose that we didn't already know possibly is that he wouldn't be the first fly on the dog turd. <laughs> because like you said, he mm. started this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can't and now it. he's complaining about it. No, you can't and it. I think it, mm. it's, it seems it screams childish, you know, and he's maybe not the most intelligent of players. Or intelligent of people, yeah. and I think that he just needs to let his football do the talking now, as exactly. you say. Yeah, and we move on. And hopefully, you know, if we do get Bayern Munich, Juventus, whatever, and he puts in one of his uh, 
him as well as the rest of the players put in a performance. You know, they'll go down in history. That's all you want, Johnny. I mean, that's all you want. That's all you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. We just, you know, I'm like most fans. You know, I'm like most fans. You you turn up, you support the team. You know, you be as vociferous as you can. You know, turn up at work next day, have a sore throat. That's what I'm looking forward (laughs) to. Come the end of February, you know what I mean? That's, That's what I'm looking forward to happening. And you never know. It could be just another one of them floodlit, all white kit. You know what I mean? Glory, glory, hallelujah. That's yeah. what we. That's what I want to be the, the chance to happen. Yeah, I agree. Coddles- and we done you. We done you, in pre So we'll do yeah. it again. Right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the big one. That's what always counts. The pre-season games, of course. <laughs> Don't mention one day Ramos, the, the seven on the bounce. Don't, whatever you do. Um, let's bring it round to you, Jace. Out of those teams in Jace, Basel, Bayern, Juventus, Seville, Shakhtar, Porto. Can you give us an answer quickly on this so we can cram in a Stoke preview? Bayern Munich. All day long for me. Again, you know, from a confidence point of view, I look at it, the the, the pluses to confidence work both ways. The the plus if you beat them to confidence is you're absolutely then buzzing that you've done Real Madrid and now you've done Bayern Munich. And then the the flip side of that is if you get knocked out by Bayern Munich, there's not the, the mockery levels and, you know, everyone will just say, well, Spurs lost to Bayern Munich. And it won't be, won't be... The, the post-mortem of, oh, what a wasted opportunity by losing to Basel. Or, or you know, and then if you go into the next round and get knocked out by, by an English club, the problems with that. So, for me, the best team to, to beat for confidence would be Bayern Munich and the best team to be beaten by to keep confidence would be Bayern Munich. So, that, that's a simple one for me. OK, fair enough. Zoe, let's squeeze in who you'd like to see Spurs face in the last 16. I think I agree with the with the guys I think it's okay. a I think it's a toss up between uh, Bayern and, and Juve I think to be honest I think with the, the Champions League campaign this year if I could just digress yeah, quickly that, um, I think it's about managing a, a level of expectation which we didn't necessarily have last year even though we had the easier draw I think this season we almost went into into this Champions League campaign with the um, expectation that we weren't really going to go and do anything of, of, of substance and oh, it's almost that the, the the, the expectation could be either met or exceeded and we've well and truly exceeded the expectation that we've set for ourselves and and then other media outlets and fans maybe have set set for Tottenham and I think it's like it's like the guys are saying you have to you have to beat the best teams in order to win this competition so you know we all we want as fans is like like John was saying is just to go, go there to, to see you know, our boys out against the best players in the world. And, and if you can get a result against against them, like we did against Real Madrid, and like we did against Dortmund, these are memories that we are forever going to be in our, in our, in our hearts and in our heads. And, and that's, and that's what we want as, as, as Spurs fans to, to, to experience those moments. And, and it's like, it's like Jason was saying, you know, if you, if you do get knocked out by a Juventus, it's almost like, you know, you can take it a bit more. Can't you? you can take it a bit better. There's zone, no, you know I mean? there's no shame. No, of course there there's no shame in, in in losing to a to a great side like yeah. Juventus or a Bayern Munich, but to go toe to toe with them and just see how we get on and to potentially beat either or both of those sides, I'd I'd, oh. I'd take that all day long. Oh, of course, I mean this is what you're, you're in the competition for. You're in the competition to face like you said, like you said the big sides. I mean, 
both absolute glamour ties on paper, both of those. And it's great to be able to speak in this confidence because, you know, previous Spurs sides of old, you may opt for a more of an easier option. But listen, why not? You want to play against the best. And at the end of the day, you have to face them en route somehow or another if you do get through. So, listen, that's something very much forward to look forward to. Guys, I have to say before we move on to Stoke, I'm so sorry we haven't covered off all of your questions. Jason, very kindly, has already got the questions ready. We're going to release those online as soon as the podcast goes live. So Jason's going to very kindly answer all your questions. I can't thank you enough for sending them in every week. Honestly, guys, cannot thank you enough. Overwhelmed by the amount. Please keep sending them in, and we'll try our best to get your opinion on the show each and every week. So let's talk about Stoke. That will either be for you guys tomorrow or today, depending on what time you listen to the show. Let's start with you, actually, Jay. So Stoke, listen, this game in the past, previously, Jay, it could have been, say, a bit, a bit of a bogey game, but you know, Spurs in recent... History against Stoke, Stoke, we've beaten 4 0 on the last three occasions. Have I just gone and put the knuckles on it already, Jace? Do you think ahead of today, tomorrow? <laughs> Not at all, Rick. It's 4 0 no. again. Do you think? Not at okay. all, it's 4 0. It's just, <laughs> just 4 0. We struggle against West Brom, so we struggle against them every time. And now okay. we're playing Stoke and we beat them 4 0 every time, so that's it. Mm. 4-0, mate. Simple. I hope you're right. Jay's a, a bit of pressure on Stoke. I mean, Mark Hughes over there, he's been getting a bit of stick all season. You know, some Stoke fans have had enough of his style of play. I mean, they've won three of their last six games in the Premier League. And I hate to say it, we've got the likes of Crouchy coming back. And, you know, Kevin Vimas. So there's a few old Spurs boys in there. You're confident that Jace will get over the line today or tomorrow? No, seriously. Mm. They're a really strange side, aren't they? You're yeah. never quite sure what you're going to get with Stoke. And they're one of those teams, to me, that... When they're good, they're very good, and when they're poor, they're just really poor. You, you never get a, you never get that six out of ten Stoke, do you? They're either seven or eight out of ten, and a real threat to the big boys, or they're just just awful. And um, you know, invariably against us, they've been of the awful type. So I think you, know, you always feel Stoke, you, you, even though it's Mark Hughes' side, set pieces will always be a threat for them um, because they're they're so good at them, but uh, and. And Crouchy, obviously, it's such a big size that, but he's unlikely to start, isn't he, Crouchy? Mm, but the, bring him off the bench. Who, yeah. Who's the boy up front they've had this year? Oh, Berahino, but he's not been scoring many. Uh, no, but, not Berahino, um, though. Jesse, oh. Jesse. From PSG? Miriam Juf or something. Oh, Juf, yeah. Miriam Juf yeah. or something. You know, he looks a bit of a handful, and if, if we play with Foyce, then presumably he'll, he'll try and turn that into a into a physical confrontation more than anything else. And. Is is fourth ready for a, say, a physical see, confrontation? Can that, you see that's that the big tomorrow, Jace? Can you see us praying fourth again, or do you think he might drop Dyer back, or what? What do you think he's going to go with at the, in the defensive line? Well, I think he might well drop Dyer back, but I think at some stage you've got to play fourth in a Premier League game, and, mm. and you've got Brighton and Stoke. And if if you're not going to play him at home against Brighton and Stoke, then what type of games are you going to play him in? And so give the boy confidence, give him a chance at least. But it but. It's it's a game we got to win. Let's be fair about it. But you don't expect Stoke to throw too many bodies forward. So, you know, it, it's at set pieces where where you feel that he'll be tested. And other than that, it, it should be fine for him. So I I would be tempted to go with Foyth, put Dyer in midfield, and then get Eriksson, Ali, and Son behind Kane, and, and go back to four two three one. Okay, fair enough. John, let's come round to you. Stoke at the moment, thirteenth in the league, won four, drawn four, lost seven. What style of play do you think they're going to come with, John, today or tomorrow when you listen to the pod, guys? I mean, what do you think, John? Are we going to, is it going to kind of similar Wembley template? We're going to have to try and break a team down? How do you see it? Well, they've been playing like more or less a 3-4-3. Right. But I, I, I don't think that Mark Hughes is going to be daft enough to do that. 
I mean, if we if we do win four 0 again, as Jay said, we'll be the first team in Premier League history to beat the same opponent really? four, well, that's an interesting four times on the trot. Okay, so it's going to be one all then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think we'll be all right. I, I, okay. I honestly, I'm not too worried about what Stoke do. I think there's there's certainly enough there in our in our squad still, even with the injuries, the suspensions, etc. But the one thing that I would say about I wouldn't play for if, and I tell you why I wouldn't play him is because. You know, we know Vertonghen's got... He's on four yellows. Yeah, this is the but thing, if isn't it? Yeah. plays mm. and he gets injured and then Vertonghen gets a yellow card, we really are, we are. up the creek without we a paddle. Are. Well, John, John, he's come out today in his press conference and said that, you know, he's got Aurea that can play there. He's got Dyer that that can play there. He's even said Davis at one point. But, I mean, they're not exactly ideal, is it, John, having a play, you know, having these plays in? I mean, they may be versatile. They're not natural centre-backs, though. No, they're not. But no. I think... Obviously, the one we've all got our eye on in terms of you know when we when we uh, knew that Sanchez would be missing for three games was was Man City away. Yeah, this is it. And I think all I would say about that one is last year, last season we started off with a back three. Women went off at half time, didn't he? Yeah. Then we had some bad luck as the game went on, and Wanyama finished the game at centre half, <laughs> and we come back from two 0 down to draw. Yeah, we did. So, mm. and and I personally don't think they're the world beaters that. I know they've. I know. Listen, they've been on a terrific run, and I think they'll they'll beat Man United as well at the weekend. But right. I still don't go there with much fear. I think Yan is such an experienced player. Mm-hmm. Even if even if uh, an attacking player, did, you know, obviously the opposition are going to be aware that he's on four yellows, yes, so they, they might try winding him up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think. I honestly don't think he'll fall for it. I think we'll be all right. And uh, I, I don't. I, I can. You know, shoot me now if I'm wrong. I, I think I don't think we'll lose any of our next three games. That includes Man City. I've just got a feeling go. and we'll get we'll get a comfortable win against Stoke. Maybe not four 0 but you know we'll get a comfortable win. I think again, maybe another clean sheet would be nice. Following on from Wednesday, and you know, I just feel like it's, we've been playing all right lately. Mm, yeah, Watford, we was decent. The character and the determination with ten men was was superb. The start against Leicester was poor. I'll give mm. you that. Yeah. But we still created enough chances to win two games in that one. When you know you start to worry when you're when you're playing when you're not winning, but you're not creating stuff, and that's not happened at all. That hasn't happened at all. The players believe still, and so do I. I don't whoever, you know, they're fooling me into a full sense of security. But you, you know, you know, we're we're all, we're all blindly loyal, and we and we love it. Yeah, and you know, I, I I think we'll I think we'll win. I can't. I can't predict a draw or a defeat. I know Jason, he's been around the block a few more times than I have, and he's a little, little bit more cold, I think. But I, I think I do think we'll win. I was, I would say two 0 I think tomorrow. Okay. Before I go to Zoe, John, can I ask you a question? Um, this is from Chris Lawton at Indigo underscore Lawton. He says, "Would you drop Delhi at the weekend due to his recent dip in form?" It's a good question. Thoughts no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Okay, fair enough. I wouldn't. No, okay. just because. If at the moment you go with your with your strongest available eleven, and he's undoubtedly in it, yeah. I think if he's available, he's fit. I know he played, you know, uh, a large chunk of the game on Wednesday, but it was he was at walking speed most of the time. You know what I mean? I thought he yeah, was. Yeah. I thought. See, this is the thing. I know that he's going to get judged on what he does in front of goal. That's just that's where we are with him. But people forget, you know, he's younger than Harry Winks. He's still a baby. Yeah, and the, and, the, the and point is, John, what, people are getting tired of hearing it. But the thing is, I, I agree with you. And it, I think people's patience at times, John, because he's set that level of expectation now so high, I think people have to maybe realise that it's not going to be the same like that every game. There's going to be a come down at some point, John. And unfortunately, I think this is his come down a little bit this period. 
Yeah, but uh, that that may that may be true. I'm not mm. I'm not debating that. But I think yeah. he's still got half a dozen goals this season. Yeah, already. of course. This is, yeah, I agree. And yeah. at this time last year, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure he had two league goals in first of the, uh, first week of December. I mean, he definitely picked up as a Western squad. Did John? You know, pro. Yeah. You know, December, late December. That's when we started coming into our own. So I think as well, John. Just in terms of his goals, he's played the last month because of injuries to Dembele, Winks, Wanyama, Dyer dropping place. into the back four. Yeah, he's played deeper. deeper. Yeah. So yeah. If he's played deeper. He's not going to so get true. as many goals. It's, it's quite. Quite logical to work that one out, isn't it? And now, now we have got Sonny in the team scoring, so it's Sonny playing up there alongside Kane. Then there's even less room for Ali to run into, mm. and he, he will play deeper. So you know, it is understandable why he, he isn't scoring as many goals over the past you know month or so and getting into as many positions to score as, as he usually would do. And I think you know people have to bear that in mind as well. I, I accept his performances have been way below his best. But I think there are one or two reasons in amongst that, as well as in just being out of form. Mm. I think the, my problem with it all, Jace, is that it's, it's been easy recently just to point at the, you know, the, 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 the super agent thing. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the same with Rose. Unless unless Rose goes out and scores an hat trick, he's going to get some kind <laughs> well, of grief. This is it, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that's that's mm. just that is, you know what I mean. You see, for me, football is a game that I, I love. I love Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I watch them. I get there as often as I can. I go there to... It's, it's a day out with my mates. I enjoy it. It's something I do with my with my eldest boy. Mm. It's not... I don't take it to bed with me. You know what no, I mean? I know we've said this before. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think... Listen, Deli Ali is one of these players. Every single one of us will miss him when he's gone. Yeah. Enjoy him while he's here. I'm not saying that because I think he's going to be off any no, time no, soon. yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, he's a super talent. He really is, right? He's had, And what Jay said is spot on there. He played deep against Liverpool, put in probably his best performance in the league so far this season, scored a goal that day, played further up against Real Madrid at home, smashed the life out of them. I think it's just one of those where, if he reads too much into, you know... Let's hope he doesn't, John. Let's hope he doesn't well, read on Twitter and stuff like that. This is what I'm saying, Rich. This is what I'm saying. It's damaging. Yeah, like, I know. I know these players, they live in a bubble to a certain extent. But the reason why Danny Rose, for example, came off Twitter was because of abuse from <laughs> Spurs fans. <laughs> I don't like that. No. I don't like that. Mate, go on there, make friends. Say say what say what you want, but don't be don't be nasty. You know, John, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, it's a different debate in itself, Twitter, you know that kind of place. It, it's yeah. two different platforms. But let me ask you, John, before we wrap it up, did, I, did you give me your prediction for Stoke? What would you what would you yes. go for? Two nil to Tottenham. Two nil to Tottenham. Zoe wanna bring you in. Would you start Delhi? I think, I think with I think with Delhi, I think you guys again have hit the nail on the head with with, with the points you've made about him. Mm. I think with a, a player like Delhi, he's too important to be on the bench. Yeah. He, he, you know, as 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 inconsistent as his as his as his play may be during a game, he will all automatically pop up, or he's one of those players that will pop up in the seventy fourth, seventy fifth minute. With just a moment of magic, and that is the difference between winning a game and losing and drawing a game. And I think to have him on the bench, I think is no, it's not good. It's not going to do us any benefit. It's not good for the for the for the him. It's not going to benefit. It's not going to benefit the team. It's not going to benefit him. I think, I think to put him on the bench would show that there's a there's there's a lack of confidence. Yeah, and also I think. Yeah. Sorry. No, go for it. He's a he's a he's a player that quite clearly. Breeds confidence. He's he 
he needs that that's that's mm. such a huge part of his of his game and what makes him play so well is is the confidence he has in himself and his his ability and i think as soon as you call for him to be put onto the bench or Pochettino decides to to put him on the bench you know whether or not that's justified through his performances i think it's only going to have a negative effect well, yeah. on the on the team you put out, and yeah, you've, taken the the, you've taken the words out of my mouth, sorry. I think if you put Delhi on the bench, you're then causing another situation. We've got the Rose one going on, and with Delhi, you're, you're then going to cause another situation. Why, why is Delhi on the bench? Is it the agent talk? It just isn't needed right now. And the fact of the matter is, Zoe, you've hit the nail on the head as John as well, and Jace, I'll come around to in a second, that Delhi is a great player, and listen, it, it's only going to be, your, you know, it's not going to do us any benefit not having him on the pitch. So, listen, Zoe, wrap it up. Tell us your prediction. What are you going to go for? Um, It's almost easier at the moment to predict a draw because oh, you really? okay. almost you almost you almost mm. have that sense of disappointment of thinking oh, oh we'll, uh, we'll get yeah. a draw here and then and then if we do you know get a result it's like you know brilliant you know we've, we've managed to, to finally get the win in the league that we so desperately desperately want mm. i think the the boys want to will want to put things right and 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 get our, our spec to to winning ways in the league i, I, I think we'll go i'll say two nil tottenham and win Perfect. Lovely. I thought you were going to give us a draw for a second then, Zoe, so that's nice you uh, <laughs> giving us a win. Jace, last word on Spurs is with you this evening. Tell us what you think then about Delhi number one. You think he's going to start? And two, your prediction, please. Delhi starts. and I'll go for a 2-1 win that will be more comfortable than, than a 2-1 scoreline sounds. OK. There you go, confidence. I think, you know, they, they, may well nick, they may well nick one from the set piece or on the... You know, on a counter or something like that. But I think we'll we'll dominate seventy percent of the game type of thing. We'll work their goalkeeper a few times, and and it may well be he makes a few couple of decent saves, and we win the game by one goal. But but in real terms, we'll have probably won the game three 0 in every other sense. If you see, what I mean, it'll be quite a controlling two one win. I agree. Well, let's hope for you. Fingers crossed, guys. We are talking about a Spurs win on Monday night. Jason won't be joining us on Monday night. Jason, do you want to just want to tell the listeners where you're going to be going on Monday night? I think it's quite a nice thing to share. Yeah, I've got an appointment to see uh, Maurizio, Mr Levy and, and Mr Larice. There you go. So, uh, on the uh, on this fans forum with a, with a few <laughs> other nice bits and pieces thrown in. So, And I'm hoping to do a, a, a tour of the new stadium as a private visit as well that I'm trying to get lined up with the site manager at the moment. So it should be a good day Monday. Lovely. We'll have you back on, Jace, after the Brighton game. We hope you can tell us all about it. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, mate. Brilliant. Well, I say enjoy Monday. There will be a show on Monday, guys. Don't worry. We'll, we will be back reviewing the game on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Talking about a big three points. God winning it in the Premier League. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.